we need to be able to have conversations without feeling like we're going to say something that gets us thrown in jail because people happen to be offended. All right, folks, we are live. We're live with another Pangburn podcast. This is number 51. I'm really excited today um, to be joined by uh, a guy I am quite the fan of. Um, I really do enjoy his show. I think he's hilarious. I love how he trolls radicals. And I, I, I appreciate his blatant honesty. I'm going to welcome Mr. Jesse Lee Peterson. Welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's see what you got on your shirt there. Your daddy didn't leave you. He left your mama. <laughs> <laughs> you know how women make children feel that the father left them? Instead I think some of, might. <laughs> instead of telling the, the children, your father didn't leave you. He left me because I was impossible to deal with and He didn't know how to deal with me. Ah, interesting. So we'll get into that. I want to do a quick bio read from your website. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Lee Peterson, and, and this is just from your website, Jesse Lee Peterson is the most courageous, outspoken critic of the so-called civil rights, in quotes, establishment and social justice movements today. Jesse grew up on a plantation in Alabama under Jim Crow. Interesting. He moved to Los Angeles at 18, worked for 20 years and created a cleaning business. At 40, Jesse uh, founded Bond, a nonprofit dedicated to rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. And that's something I want to get into definitely today. Uh, he counsels men and women, young and old, dealing with emotions, relationships, and personal problems. He speaks in schools, universities, um, juvenile detention centers. Uh, there was one thing here. Um, uh, he led after school character building programs and found a private uh, school, a Bond Leadership Academy. He's a radio, TV, talk show host, media commentator, speaker, and a lot of other things. His most recent book, the Antidote, Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame, and Victimhood Hardcover. Welcome, sir. Thank you. I on. appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, I'm a fan of your show. I think, uh, I think you're one of the funniest guys on the internet to me, to my, um. my, uh, my comedy <laughs> taste. And, uh, and I like how you troll radicals. You, you attempt to expose irrationality, and I also appreciate your, your blatant honesty. And, and just a three of my favorite quotes from your show he black lesbian <laughs> and beta so those are my three favorite quotes and how about amazing and amazing yeah that's another one i like that one too so tell me about uh rebuilding the man let's start off with this fundamental question you like to ask this when you have guests on but i want to ask you what is a man a man is a a, a male who's who grown from male to manhood and he loved what's right with all his heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else. He loved what's right more than he do himself, his wife or children, his family members, his business, his people, places, or things, even more than he loved his own reputation. Because when you love 
what's right with all your whole whole soul and might, you cannot be controlled by the world around you. I actually I actually agree with that general philosophy. Now, here's where we may disagree. How does one come to know what is right? When they are born of the father, when they return to the father, we are all born through the mother. And when we are born through the mother, we are in a fallen state. We are dying and not living. And it's uh, and so when you forgive the mother, and most, if not all, most mothers turn their children away from the fathers, their earthly fathers. And when you turn them away from their earthly father, you turn them away from God. So you take on the mother's identity. And any male that has anger is a female. He's a woman because he has his mother identity right? and he okay. must forgive his mother for turning him away from his father. Then he shall become a man. So why do you think most women do this? I don't think that's true. They do it because they hate, they, they hate God. They hate men. They hate the image of God because you got to oh, okay. realize that Satan is the woman's God below and God is a man God from above. And men represent the sons of God. Women represent the Satan's, the daughters of Satan, and they're at war with one another, and they hate the Son of God, and that's why they turn children away from the fathers. That makes me sound, it, it, it seems to me like you've had really bad experiences with women, because I don't see women that way. I've had amazing experience, and the reason <laughs> that you don't see them is you have not overcome your mother yet. You have a woman's mindset. Any man that is emotional, he lives in his thoughts, he lives in his uh, imagination, and he's emotional like a woman, so he identified with the mother. So why but do you think, you but, but, but wait, one mother, second. why do you think that's me, though? Because all men are born through women, and so all men are born in a fallen state. Oh, okay, so, but, but you wouldn't say you are, uh, you know, uh, um, of, of your mother, you would say you are a man, right? I would now, but I, I too was born through my mother. Oh, okay. And and she hated men. She hated my father, and she seemed like a nice lady though. She was a Christian, because women can deceive you until you really get to see for yourself. And boys and girls know that their mother uh, is, are held to pay in the homes, but they can't go to their fathers because because the fathers are, are married or involved with the mother. Because if they don't over, you become like what you hate. And so the fathers hate their mother. And every woman they get involved with is mama. And that's why the, the, the man become the boy and the wife or girlfriend or fiance, whatever they are, they become the mother to the male. Have you ever deceived anyone? In my fallen state, I'm sure I have, but not now. But not not now. in the last 30 years. Yeah. Well, I think, I think moving away from deception is a good thing. I don't think there's any fund anything fundamental about women or males that makes makes them more likely to deceive though. I I I think if we look at the evidence of reality, um it, it, that's kind of something that is going to be based on their environment and their and their the cultural elements, uh, not necessarily their biology. Well, any woman that grew up close to her father, she has a father identity. She will not deceive, but most women are not because the mothers hate the fathers and they turn them away. But women can't help but deceive because their father, Satan, is a de deceiver. I want to deal with that that part. I think you, you have a belief that most women hate their fathers. Yes. Uh, why, why do you believe that it's most women and not just some? Because most, 
you know, we're all born into crazy families. The Bible call it sin. We're born into sin. But what, what it means is that we're born into families where the fathers and mothers are not perfect. And the mothers are, uh, are ruling the house. If she is lucky enough to be married, she control the she's over the man rather than the man being the head of the woman. And so any woman that control the father also control the children and she turned them away and to war her and recreate them in her image. That's why you have a lot of men who are emotional like a woman. Oh, okay. And, and, and why do you think, so, so I, I disagree with this part. Why do you think we are born into sin? Is that because of your Christian ideology? Because women are in a fallen state. When when the woman believed Eve, when Eve believed the serpent, Satan became her daddy. She fell away from the man, her husband, Adam. And so right. he became the uh, leader of the woman, the head of the woman. And so when we are born through the woman, we are born into that same uh, situation. But thank God that we can't overcome it when we go and just say to the mother, hey, I'm sorry for hating you. Not I'm, I'm sorry for what I've done because the mother recreates you in her image, so you can't help but do bad things. But when you stop hating her, when you apologize for hating her, you will overcome her and return to the Father. And the, the Father on earth will cause you to return to the spiritual Father within. So I agree that that is what the, uh, the meta, uh, what, that is what, let's say, Scripture would say, the Bible would say. Um, but I view that as metaphor, as narrative. I don't view it as like real, like you do. Uh, like, I, I, I don't know if you've heard of Jordan Peterson, but he views it as a, as the Bible, as this, um, you know, it, it, a, a gateway to this metaphorical truth, belief in God, not, not in the reality sense, but you seem to still buy into this, um, what I would call a traditional idea of the Bible or, or of the Christian God, that this God actually exists in, you know, in reality. I have a lot of respect for Jordan Peterson. I have interviewed him on my show, I have but too. that's why yeah. he can't, uh, he can't handle anything. He can't handle the situation of life because he has not returned to his natural state of being. He has not returned to his father. So he too has the mindset, emotion of his mother. And that's why anytime a man become depressed, suicidal, insecure, angry, fear, doubt, worry, and on drugs, alcohol, and all that stuff, sex, they're doing it because they have the woman's identity. It's not normal for a man to think that way. So Jordan Peterson seemed to have not overcome his mother so, and return to the father. So, so you said you made an is claim there about woman's identity. So science, everything we know about science and, and brain disorders disagrees with what you said. Uh, do you think do you think the science is just wrong? Those who are saying that are wrong because our issue is a spiritual issue. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, good and evil right and wrong. We wrestle against wickedness in high places, darkness of the devil. And that works through other people. And 99% of the time it comes through the mother, through the woman. Mm. Interesting. So I have, so the, uh, why don't you tell me where, where I've uh, gone wrong here? Because ever since I was a young kid, I, I looked at the, the Bible as a, as a story, as a myth, uh, very entertaining, interesting in its, in its own uh, right. And I, I read it a lot, studied it. But then I would kind of snicker at people who would take it literally and think that this was the actual word of God. Because the more research I did, it, I, I looked into it and, and it's like, 
okay, the people who wrote down the scripture were these Bronze Age peasants who claimed to be divinely inspired. But my question for you, Jesse, is why do you believe their claim that they were divinely inspired? Because there are men who are inspired, those, and there are those who are not. And any man that uh, didn't grow up close to his father is not inspired because he hates the father's image. He hates his own identity. And so you can always tell when uh, an atheist is that whether boy or girl, they did not grow up close to their fathers. They grew up close to their mothers. Well, that's not true in my case, and maybe I'm an outlier, not part of the general rule, but I have a very close relationship with my father, um, and uh, and I I would say probably relate more to my father than I do with my mother, and, and, you know, it's still still very close, so... Did he protect you from your mother? Did he what, sorry? Did he stand between you and your mother while you were growing up and protecting you from her? No, I don't think it, I required protection from my mother because my when mother, he was a poor example. He wasn't a perfect man, a, a good example for you. And whether you realize it or not, he's afraid of your mother. And so yeah. you have your mother's identity and don't realize it. So, Jesse, I think I think what you tend to do is this. You, you attempt to try to read into situations without very much evidence. Like, for instance, you, you started well, the talking. The fact that he didn't protect you from your mother shows that he was, he might have been an, a decent man and you may have grown up close to him, but he was a beta male when it came to dealing with your mother. Well, you don't know that because you don't have enough evidence to, to well, make that Well, when you claim. said that he did not protect you from her, that's all the evidence I need. Yeah, but when you might be meaning something different when you say protect, because what would my father need to protect me from? <laughs> from, your from your mother imposing her will on you. Uh, from your mother. In what uh, way? I, I just want to understand your thinking. In what uh, way would she impose her will? It, in an emotional way or dumping all her troubles on you or even turn or attempting to uh, discourage you about your father or turn you yeah. away from your so father. So she didn't do any of that. Or when she was impatient, angry or emotional, whatever. Yeah, she didn't do she any have of that. stood between her. Your mother was perfect. Um, I, I wouldn't say anyone's perfect and my mother is not not perfect. Um, what but, did your mother do that was wrong? Uh, what did she do that was wrong? Um. My uh, my mother probably you know maybe maybe at, at some times she she became uh you know emotional at, at moments that maybe maybe she didn't need to but but literally my mom like on the scale of right or wrong my mom is you know a very high standard uh, moral person I would say and so you said what she did wrong she was too emotional at times. Uh, I would say, it, like, I could maybe point to a couple instances where maybe she let her maybe emotions get the best for of her. Sure. Um, it's hard to tell because my mom has been you such can't a. Tell if your mother was emotional well, or not. Uh, no, I. I uh, what I'm saying is that uh, it, this would have been so long ago. I'm not sure if that was my perception. Uh, seeing that as maybe being allowing her to let her motions get to her. But, uh, you know, it's hard for me to tell because it, it's so long ago. And I don't know if my perception was correct. So you don't know as an adult, you don't remember if your mother was emotional or not. Well, if if we're making a general statement about my mother, she she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't well, overly was she, emotional. Was she perfect? Pretty, pretty damn perfect. Yeah. And she did nothing wrong? I can't, I can't actually, and, and maybe this is a strange case, but for my mother, I, I did not perceive of her doing anything wrong. 
So she was perfect. Pretty damn close, I would say. <laughs> was she perfect? Sure. Yeah, I would say so. So because you can't be pretty damn close to perfect, you're either perfect or not. Well, I and think you would your say mother she... had no emotion, no issues, none at all. Well, let, let me tell you this: she's not a God believer. Well, well, no wonder. <laughs> um, but oh, I don't I think tell. that's a see. I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. Your though, mother Jesse. was held to pay, man. I don't. Well, here's the thing, Jesse. I don't see that there is hell to pay for anything because you just, when I asked you about the Bronze Age peasants writing down the Bible, you, you are making this leap, this logical leap to believe or this faith-based belief that they had some kind of connection with their fathers or they were one with their father or whatever. But I don't see any evidence for that. Well, they were definitely one with God. That's all the way they could get to wisdom because God only gives wisdom to those who he draw unto him. And, and the prophets of the Bible, uh, they were close with the Father, and that's why they were able to put into words what they had discovered in their hearts. Okay, uh, so they discovered but, but it in their hearts. But, don't believe, but how people do who know? don't return to the Father lack wisdom. They don't have wisdom at all. Wisdom is strange to them. They cannot understand it because it only comes from God. And he only gives that to those who return to him. Yeah, but Jesse, how do you differentiate between this Bronze Age peasant just imagining and coming up with this uh, this myth structure or this, uh, this book um, and that they were divinely inspired? Couldn't they have just been the Shakespeare of their time? No, because had they been Shakespeare, they would not have been able to write uh, the truth as to where what we needed to do in order to return back to the Father. How do you they know that? They would not though? have had perfect love within themselves. They would not have been able to tell us how to overcome the fallen state. Yeah, but there were other other philosophers at that time saying a lot of the same things. But these people were not philosophers; they were prophets. They were inspired by God. Well, they claim and not that. by the not by the intellect. They didn't. So they claim that Jesse, but they they it hasn't been demonstrated that they were actually that. They did say, you know, we are divinely inspired, and these messages are coming from God. But again, science tells us that if we look at people who have claimed stuff like this, kind of more in modern day. Um, we we take that those claims with like a grain of salt saying well it's very likely that this these ideas are coming from their own imagination only the blind would take the word of the scientists those who seek the kingdom of god in his right way they will find it you but take, those who are of their father the devil would not find it because they would not look because they believe the scientists but you take the the word of scientists every time you go to the hospital and how's that well, uh, medicine uh, is is based in the scientific method. But I don't take the word of the doctor. I give it uh, take you know I give it a chance. I have a wait and see attitude. If he said this medicine will work, I'll give it a try. If it works, it's amazing. If it doesn't, I just I would understand he didn't know what he was talking about because most intellectual people have no common sense and they do not know what they're talking about. They are taking a risk. Uh, it's well. I mean, being an intellectual person, I agree, isn't necessarily going to mean that you have common sense. But I, but I promote skepticism, and skepticism just simply meaning separating bullshit from reality. 
And I feel like you you are attempting to do the same thing as well in your worldview. But I think your skepticism is failing you with the God thing because you're taking it literally uh, when you don't have enough evidence to take that literally. Like, why don't you adopt the Jordan Peterson type metaphorical belief? Because I believe in God. I have faith in him. I have I know that he is my father and he is of love. He is of the light. And so in anyone who believes in him have returned to the father, they have no fear. They have no doubt. They are not. In, uh, they have no worries. They are not on medication. They are not ruled by the woman. They overcome the woman. And there's that perfect order of God in Christ, Christ and man, man over woman and woman over children. And one of the reasons Jordan Peterson may be in some mental hospital now is because he has no faith in God. The woman is his God. So so you mentioned medication and uh, and so you're just wrong on that front. Like uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, faith based religious people just like you that are on medication to help with uh, brain disorders like um, like depression. Well, um, depression is not a brain disorder. Depression is a spiritual disorder. That's anyone not true, who, Jesse. Anyone who gets science who disagrees develop, with you. Anyone who develops uh, depression has been separated from their father, and they live in their imagination. No, that's and they believe man. every thought that they get, realize not realizing that their thoughts are not their own. They don't create thoughts. They are not from God. They're straight out of hell from Satan. So, so Jesse, and, if and that so was true, I believe in a lie because the thoughts make you think and feel. It makes you believe whatever you believe in controls you. And anyone believes their thoughts are controlled by darkness instead of by the light. That's why we should bring all thoughts into captivity because there's no such thing as a true thought. It's a spiritual issue, not a physical one. Uh, yeah, but uh, so so the whole scientific method disagrees with you on, on brain disorders then. Because, if you well, actually were telling the truth. A brain disorder that you have is some type of a physical effect. But spiritual disorder is not physical, it's spiritual. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Like when you say spiritual disorder, I, I would call that ideological disorder. But but, you know, uh, uh, so you're not you're not necessarily saying that when someone diagnoses someone with, uh, you know, clinical depression that you would you would say like you would want doc doctors and medicine to take care of that. You wouldn't say all they need is spiritual enlightenment or would you there's say that? nothing that a doctor can give you that will end depression you have to overcome depression by overcoming anger because it's a spiritual and anyone who yeah. has anger satan is their daddy right and so the doctors can give you all the medication on this side of heaven but if you don't go and forgive your mothers and return to your fathers all the medication would do is dumb you down even worse. And now you can't deal with life at all. But that's not true. And if one day you decide that you're not going to take the medication, you'd be, you would go and jump off a bridge because you're not handling, you cannot handle the issues of life. Yeah. So, so d doctors, people who understand medicine would disagree with you and say, actually, um, you know, the, the actual physical properties that say an antidepressant can, can uh, allow you for can allow you to be in a state where you can start um, approaching better ways of living because but they're lying to you. You're in a in a, a coma-like state. You're not dealing with reality. You're not free. You're not that, controlled by drugs. 
you're still, you're not controlled by drugs, but you're not free of depression. You could, if you don't have anger, once you overcome anger, you never have to worry about depression, suicidal thoughts, fear, doubt, worry, emotion, all that stuff disappear. I, I don't think so. I agree with you that anger is a, is not necessary and it should be overcome and people should uh, try to get there, but people can suffer from clinical depression if they're not angry. No, no way. So science, I think the scientific uh, community... But I wouldn't believe the scientists because people with degrees are dumb. dumb, And the more degrees you have, the dumber you are. That's why I want people to know for themselves. Know thyself. <laughs> <laughs> amazing! The more, amazing! The more degrees you have, the dumber you are. Well, I, yeah. I look, look, you Jesse, know, I think... The, here's what I think. You I know, think if what you you're know the kids at, with high school degrees... A little smarter than the than the uh, BS degree, bachelor of science or whatever they call it, and then the <laughs> master degree is, is the kids with the BS is smarter than the more degrees think, you get, the dumber you become. I think what you're what you're really saying, Jesse, is that some people, as they move up in academia, they that can kind of go to their head, and they can and and they 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 start thinking through this uh this kind of um this lens of being on this pedestal or something when they're they're kind of looking down at things and they're they're losing some common sense i think that can happen but i don't think it's necessarily related to the amount of degrees no it is the more degrees the dumber you are um and, and the people it's a waste of time education in that form is a waste of time all it does is build the ego and these people may pay buku money to get a dumb piece of paper, paper to repeat what someone else told what is them. Buku? Right? I don't they, know that word. What buku? Yeah, it means many, much. Many. It oh, means okay. a lot. Okay. It's a black thing. <laughs> he black. <laughs> he black. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't trust the intellect intellectuals at all. Look at the whole world and messed up now because people have put their trust into intellectual into so-called intellectual people and they don't think for themselves and now they are being controlled by the intellectuals who have no idea what they're doing. But you know what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I want I want to move. I'm really enjoying this, Jesse. I'm, I'm so glad to be with you today. Uh, the yes, chat's sir. going crazy on YouTube. We got uh, almost 900 people watching. Um, amazing. Yeah, amazing. I, and I hope we can actually, I'd, I'd love to come on your show and have a conversation. It'd be fun. Absolutely. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about COVID-19, man. Um, uh, let me just start off with this question. Would you rather die than wear a mask? I would rather die than turn my life over to anyone because the moment you do, you, you, uh, you are dead. You're the walking dead. Anyone who allows themselves to be controlled by someone else is dead. You don't have your own life. And I believe that the Chinese virus is happening, but nothing like what they're pretending. They have turned the Chinese virus to a political issue because they discovered that they can put that the Democrats, the, the liberals, the black race hustlers, the never Trumpers, they turn it into a political issue in order to control the people in hope to get Donald Trump. I'm, I'm the great do, white hope out of office. I'm going to do my best, Jesse. So what you said are a lot of words. Would you rather die than wear a mask? If the I wouldn't rather die if the situation is necessary for me Would to wear a mask. Would you rather die than wear a mask? Uh, 
it depends on the situation, but if the situation would you rather is bad, die than I would wear rather a wear a mask. If the situation is bad, <laughs> I would rather wear a mask. I'm just doing, you know, you do yeah, that to that. people on your show. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, if you had to give a yes or no answer, would you rather die than wear a mask? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because, Jesse, I have to tell you, I'm watching social media and how people are making these claims. I would rather die than wear a mask or be told yeah. to wear a mask. I think that's dumb. Yeah, that is dumb. Yeah. Okay, now let's – I want to I wanna take a complete rocket ship off to a different side of your brain into the artistic, inspirational elements of your life. What do you do artistically in life? I uh, – I, what did I do, Joel? I have to ask Joel. He'd be like, "You know who Joel is?" <laughs> I I've seen him. I've I've seen him on your show. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to sing. Uh, oh, do you? Oh, I sing all the time. Can you man. sing something for us? There's nothing like a black man who can sing. What can we sing together? I'm a I'm a I'm a singer. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> How about a little Bob Marley? <laughs> How about uh, turn down the lights, turn down the bed, turn down these voices inside my head. You ever heard that? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing song? So I, I don't know the lyrics. Tell but, yeah. me no lies. Do you sing at your services? Be close. What? Do you when you're uh, in your pastoral, uh, <laughs> on your on your pastoral, let's say pedestal? Are you singing to your people? Uh, sometimes I play around with songs, different yeah. songs, but I sing Christian songs to them most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not like I don't in our church service. I don't get up and just. We don't do the song and dance thing. Yeah. We have real fellowship at church. We don't do all that hooping and hollering and carrying on. <laughs> uh, but when I'm playing around, I, I like to sing. I yeah, like yeah. To, I, I do too. Yeah. I actually, yeah. um, I I have my piano behind me, but but I like to, I'm, it's something I think I relate to you on where, where sometimes a song will come into your head and you'll mix in the lyrics of what you're talking about. I actually yeah. have that gear too. So I, I think it's something we're, we are kind of similar on right on. Do you have perfect peace? Perfect pitch. Peach peace. Oh, perfect peace. Uh, can you, can you tell me what that is? Well, if you had it, you would know it. Um, Perfect peace. Yeah, actually, I would say I, I, I don't. I, I think I'm in a pursuit of peace in my life uh, always, but um, at this stage of my life, I do not. And, and why don't you? Um, well, I would say I am, I am on a uh, pursuit to find love right now, and I think I, I, um, I would actually l let me let me actually put it this way. I would say a lot of my life, I, I think I've found peace in, but I haven't found someone um that i want to share that with yet oh when you say you're you're looking for love you're trying to find love are you trying to find it in a woman um well i mean love's a very difficult term for me i don't know why but i i i think um i like the idea of being romantically and and uh, romantically connected to someone as long as we're each our own individual person. 
um, I think a person has to be uh, has to find peace on their own and they shouldn't be trying to find it in someone else. Um, so when you said that you were trying to find love, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, just just the same way that you might find love in your partner. Right. There is, women don't have love to give. So don't look. Therefore, women don't have love. I disagree. Why well, you disagree? I, because I've been in situations with women in my life, and and I know love is a, is this. Term and look what they've done to you, though. Know, they've been held to. I mean, just held to deal with. Hell no, man. Then why do you want one of them? Well, I mean, I've been with many women in my time, more than I'm sure. If I told you, it'd blow your mind. But I've so been. You were you were a slut maker at one time. <laughs> Are you a slut maker? Um, <laughs> Uh, so can you define what a slut maker is? Any, any, any man to have sex out of wedlock is a slut maker. Oh, I am a and slut any woman, that, any, <laughs> yeah. any woman that has sex out of wedlock is a slut. Okay. By that definition, um, I am definitely a slut maker. 100%. I was a major slut maker one time, man. <laughs> How many, how many notches? Jesse? I cannot count them. <laughs> there are not enough numbers to, no, I don't know. Uh, Let's say many. I don't know in heaven. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so yeah. what, what about so what about why. what about women marrying women? Lesbian or lesbian. Uh, lesbian or or men marrying men? What's wrong with that? First of all, there's no such thing as that. I know the the children of Satan call it marriage, but it's not real. It's an illusion, and it's not love, and there's no peace in it. It's all fate. Uh. Okay, so you say it's not love, but I I think your definition of love, if you take God out of it, would ap would apply to like the same to a heterosexual relationship as it would to a homosexual relationship. But you, but I think your God belief has you believing something uh, different. What do you that. mean by that? I don't well, understand what you mean. Well. Don't you think uh, two men can be in love and have sex and and get a, a legal uh, union and and then if they want to uh, they even if they're Christian they can be married under God. They can they can do all those things, but it's not love and it's not under God. It's under under Satan. But they and would they call can it pretend love. that they can pretend that it's from God, but. In that there is no peace, but they, they might say you're pretending, Jesse. In, in that, in that, and, and it won't work because they will have no peace with it because they're doing it in a fallen state under the umbrella of evil rather than good. Um, but they would say you're uh, you're missing the 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 buck here, and that you're you're make believing because th there's a lot of Christians of out there that disagree. That. Uh, of course, they would say that because evil disagree with good, just as good disagree with evil. Are you familiar with the no true Sc Scotsman fallacy? Um, no. It, so the no true Scotsman fallacy is when uh, it, it applied here is when like you would say those aren't true Christians who are who believe that two men can get married under God and be in love and and like godly love. Um, they would say that you're committing the no true Scotsman fallacy because they would say they're as, as, as Christian as you are, or they might even commit the fallacy themselves and say that you're not a real Christian. Right. I'm sure they would because evil disagree with good and good disagree with evil. Mm. Interesting. Uh, you call Trump the great white hope. How would you rate Trump's uh, uh, 
presidency. What do you got there? The great white hope. Tomorrow they will say, Donald Trump rants and raves at the press. I'm not ranting and raving. I'm just telling you. You know, you're just honest people. <laughs> the great white hope. The Donald, he did some good things while he was in office. He, he worked with North Korea. He made America a little bit greater. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. He, was, he is amazing. And the reason that he's hated so much by the children of the lie is because he is a straight, white, conservative, Christian man of power and who is put in the country first. And the last thing the children of the lie want you to meet and the worst thing that want you to be and the worst thing that can happen to white people is to be a straight, white, conservative, Christian man of power and put the country first, put the people first. The children of the lie will go out of their way to destroy you. I, and, you know, there, there is an element to what you're saying that I, that I do agree with, that I think the swelling of radicalness, the, the swelling of... Trump man, bad, hashtag Trump derangement syndrome. All of these, uh, I mean, uh, for lack of a better term, pussies out there that just can't, they can't even see a picture of Donald Trump without losing their fucking mind over it. Right. And, uh, and, and um, like even, even some very famous intellectuals, intellectuals that I look up to, one namely uh, Sam Harris, um, just, it, just suffering from this deep Trump derangement syndrome that is having him tweet out and say things that are just completely irrational in one of the most rational minds I've ever seen. And I think hate does that to people. It does. They hate Donald Trump because he represents good. He is of God. And the power in him is working overtime to change, to prevent them from turning our country into a socialist society. And they cannot handle that. If you were to turn to God, let's say you overcome your mother today and return to your father and love what's right with all your heart, soul, and might, they'll try to bring you out of town, your family members, your friends. You will find out that well, they're people, really not friends. People already try to do that. Like Antifa comes after me and, and they, they send me death threats all the time. The Muslims, nice. the, the radical Muslims send me death threats all the time uh, because I call out, uh, you know, radical uh, terrorism and, and radical Muslim behavior. Yeah. Same as I call out the radical Christian behavior if it ever comes up. Speaking about radical behavior, this is a, this is a topic and issue I feel very strongly about. I think it is morally reprehensible an, an element of moral bankruptcy to be circumcising little boys when they are born do you agree i agree it's not necessary it should not be happening it's uh it's, it's it shouldn't be happening it's yeah. evil the boys don't need that anymore you know so yeah, but it, they're it's doing evil. it because the fathers are too weak to stop the mothers from doing it because uh, the father could stop their mothers from doing it. But don't you think that sometimes fathers make this decision that they they think that it's right and they, yeah. You know, but but you yeah. I, let me let me try and interpret what you're gonna say. You're in a steel man you a little bit. You will say <laughs> those are men. Those are not men. Those are men that are uh, that are let's say uh, of those are men of their mother. Right. They're in the father's okay. state. They still okay. have the mother's identity. And remember, any man who has any odor of anger, one little top bit of anger, is a female. He's not a man. He's a woman. Because men, men are logical and women are illogical. So the man is supposed to bring her out of her illogical self 
into the real world of logic. And until man overcome the woman, he's not able to do that. One other thing that's so weird. Have you ever heard of Black Lives Matter? Okay, I wanted to go there because I wanted to to read you my declaration of ideological war against Black Lives Matter. All right. Uh, so I declared ideological war on Black Lives Matter j- this July 22nd. I was sick of seeing all of these fucking uh, people dying of resisting police arrest and all and Black Lives Matter seems to be promoting this. So here's my declaration and I want to I want to get your your t- take what you think. And for those of you who don't uh, know, you can read this at thewarofideas.org. Uh, and and you'll find the article there. But uh, I declare ideological war on Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter promotes racism and anti-scientific myths that distract from the actual cultural issues that lead to people having violent interactions with law enforcement. An example of one of these cultural issues is machismo. And here's a quote example. If I see my daughter get violently taken down by cops, they would have to shoot me as I would be fighting them off to defend her, end quote. I think, and, then, and then I go on to say, this line of thinking leads to death and intense blows to the current and future well-being of those involved. There are many more cultural examples uh, than this. So I, I list some things. And here are my war terms for Black Lives Matter. Number one, Black Lives Matter must adopt a non-racist label and mission statement, such as Lives Matter. Um, number two, Black Lives Matter must create a culture in their organization that ridicules those that seek to judge people by the color of their skin not and not the content of their character. Do you, do you agree with me, Jesse, that they seem to promote that level of, I mean, you can call it what it is, racism? I absolutely agree. I love it, man. I love your declaration. I would add to it a little bit. I have, I have two more points. Maybe, oh. maybe it'll cover. Number three, okay. Black Lives Matter must make it clear that their organization is 100% against resisting police arrest. And then number four, Black Lives Matter must educate its members on race-based statistics, what they mean and don't mean. Here's a, here's a common quote. Way more black males are incarcerated in the United States. That's evidence of racism, end quote. <laughs> this is logically absurd. You need evidence of racism to demonstrate racism. The misunderstanding of statistics and what they mean is instilling a false sense of racist alarmism in your members. And then, and then, and then I give them a, a term of defeat. And I say, if you are unable to adopt these war terms, you must close down your racist organization. I will be dedicating resources to make sure you address these terms in whatever way you see fit. The war will stop once you have satisfied my terms or accept your term of defeat. Jesse, do you join me in this war, ideological war against Black Lives Matter? 100%. Very nice, by the way, man. Very good. Thank you. I will add to it a little bit. Okay. The one thing you got to realize that Black Lives Matter is a far left, as you already recognize it, it's a far left liberal radical uh, organization that's worse than the KKK. And it was founded by a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians. And I never thought I would see the day. <laughs> lesbians! I never thought I would see the day that anyone in America would follow a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians. See, I I think maybe some and, of them happen to be lesbians, but I, I don't no, think... They're, they're lesbians. <laughs> they don't happen to be. They are radical lesbians Jesse, with afros. <laughs> Jesse is that... that 
that everyone's uncle that is very traditional and is living in the 1920s and 30s with some of his ideas. Amazing. <laughs> and I never thought that I would see the day when America, white people were afraid of black radical lesbian. They have the white people kissing their feet. They're knock feet. They're knocking them out, walking down the road. They're robbed, stealing and killing. They're tearing down statues and monuments and flags. And you know what the white people say? Oh, those little blacks. It's because of slavery. It's because of racism. It's not because of slavery. It's not because of Jim Crow. I grew up under the Jim Crow law. It's not because of uh, white supremacists. It's not about white privilege. These people are pure evil. They had no good parents. They're losers. They're evil. And because they know that white people are afraid, they are able to blame white people and take their stuff away from the whites. There is no such thing as racism. No such thing. It has never been racism, sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobiaism, Debbie Dadism, white supremacism, anti-Semitism. It's all made up. It's either right or wrong, good or evil. It's not no. It's not about the physical at all. And these Black Lives Matter people are evil. They are communists. They are socialists. And they want to destroy America. So I, I I tend to think about this differently. I think these isms do exist, but they're they not something. I, I but but they're not something that it, it, like I think every human being, uh, because of our evolutionary history, um, th there's there's good survival reasons as to why this this uh, feature of of racism exists, like seeing other races and and noticing that they're different and being um being uh cautious towards things that are different there's good survival purposes for that uh, for, uh because other other beings that look different from you might have different diseases and things that they might uh, bring to you and and i i can understand why that evolutionary bug exists or, or so i would call it it's it's kind of a bug feature now it's now it's a bug i think um, but I think people talk it, it instead of allowing this stuff to emote out of us, if people had more self-control, uh, and I think skepticism is the way to do this, that when these emotional knee-jerk reactions of racism, sexism, whatever ism you want to, uh, list come up, skepticism allows you to, to look at that, uh, emotional knee-jerk reaction and just notice it. You don't have to act on it. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. I think. I think you can just notice it and notice that this is part of the emergent properties of our uh, mind. Well, if racism exists, why didn't it exist when I was growing up down in Alabama under the Jim Crow law? There was no such thing as racism. You have black people got married. They uh, work hard. They were good at the parents were good examples for their children. They bought land. We bought land and. Those who wanted to go to college went to college. We treated our neighbors as ourselves. And those people who were part of the Jim Crow law, we knew it was the Democratic Party that did not want blacks to be a part of it. So blacks were Republicans at the time. So and there were white were, people Jesse. who were Republicans yeah. as well. And they and blacks and whites got along because they knew it was a spiritual issue. And, and this word racism didn't even exist when I was growing well, up. It's just a made up lie to control white people Jesse, I think and take that's their based, stuff. I think that's based on your experience, though, because a lot of a lot of other black people experience Jim Crow differently. 
No, they lying to you. Yeah, but here's the thing. If they They're if they lying say, to you because white people are on the run. And just think about this. White people for the last 70 years have done everything the blacks want. Everything they've asked for. They wanted they wanted to integrate the school. They did that. They wanted to integrate the community. They did that. They wanted affirmative action. They get they gave them that. They wanted to have sex with white women. They let them do that. They wanted to <laughs> They want, There's nothing they wrong with all to, those things, though, Jesse. There's nothing wrong what? with that. There's nothing wrong with with. with I know, but racism. my point is, and now whites are letting them tear down America. America was founded by and just but created it's not just by white people tearing down America. I see more whites doing that. Yeah, uh, small Antifa uh, uh, folks are doing it too. But my point is, we have done everything that blacks have asked us to do over seventy years. And they have only gotten worse instead of getting better. Well, it's due to the lack of character. It has nothing to do with race. I agree that there are some cultural bugs that exist within, uh, you know, pockets of black communities, white communities, Asian communities all around the world that but need most to be blacks fit. are screwed up. No, that's not true. Yeah, most blacks hate God. They hate good, and they blame it on the white man because the white man has fear, and he's on the run. And we're going to end up with South Africa and America where the blacks are taking over and they're going to end up taking the land from the whites just in the way that they've done in South Africa. That's why they're getting rid of the police force. They're taking away your rights to bear arms and then they're going to take your land next. And they're working on that because white people don't have the courage to stand up and say no. Yeah, I think you needed your foil hat for that one. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be taking your land, Jesse. They're already um, working on that now. Where? It's called reparations. Oh well, I that's yeah, but they're not going to come out of nowhere and take your land, and they're not going to they're take your guns. They're already doing it. There, I saw a report the other day. I believe it's on Tucker Carson, where some black guy and some other blacks have seen houses for sale, and they were empty homes. They're gone and occupied those homes and taken because they know once they move in, all they have to do is cry racism and white privilege and the black and the white people are not going to do anything about it. It's already happening, buddy. You better wake up and smell the coffee. Hey, I'm up in Canada. I'm just watching the show, man. <laughs> well, you better stay there because down here in America, my, what part of Canada are you from? I'm in British Columbia. I originally grew up Nick, in, the, come in here. the mountains of British Columbia. Really? Yeah. Well, you better stay. Is it safe? Any black people up there? Yeah. 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 We do have, have some, not, not a lot of black people, but. Wait, keep it that way. <laughs> For fuck's sakes. <laughs> hey, Otherwise, you know what, Jesse? Your land. Jesse? This is my producer, Nick. Yeah. He's from, he's my, my radio producer. What's up, Nick? And he's from uh, Canada. Tell him what part Where are you Canada. from? I, I grew up in Toronto, Scarborough. Oh, oh okay. You, you grew up yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, um, I grew up in I've been the, all over, though, like I'm, Mississauga. Like. Yeah, I, I, I grew up in the Kootenai region of British Columbia, which is basically in the mountains, in the wilderness. Uh, but, but now I live in Vancouver. So. Right on. Does he look like a Mexican or a Canadian? He, he looks purebred Canadian, man. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know he's an anchor baby? What's that? An ankle baby is when your mama get pregnant in another country and walk across the border <laughs> and drop you in America. That's almost all the way true. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Amazing. Okay, look, right, Jesse. Jesse, uh, yeah. I th this was an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. I'm going. Hey, I want to get him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to chat with you again, and I want to bring you back on my show. There's so many things I want to 
discuss with you about your life and your approach to theology and things like that. Uh, but uh, we're out of time today. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. And I, I appreciate you as a human. And I love all people just like you do. I do too. I, I love my enemies. I love all people. I do too. I stand up and disagree and fight back, but I don't hate anyone. And, one, and, I, yeah, and I was going to say, and one thing I think we both agree on is that free speech should be absolute. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I want people to check us out at rebuildingtheman.com. Okay. Rebuildingtheman.com or jessanypeterson.com. Uh, uh, and I definitely want to have you on. I have truckloads of questions to ask you. Uh, awesome. Today. Uh, you so can ask me have anything, brother. Anything. Oh, I know. <laughs> all right. We're all growing up. Yes. Uh, but, but, and yeah, and I want your, and, and I will share this, um, this video with your people and, and feel free to share it on, on your channels as well. Uh, but anyways, any, everyone, this has been Jesse Lee Peterson. I hope you enjoyed this conversation at Pangburn and, uh, as always let art and science inspire. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, man. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay. All right, guys, that was Jesse Lee Peterson. That was a great conversation. I, I, uh, I uh, enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of us in the room. Make sure you guys um, uh, are subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Join us on Discord. We have conversations every day. He blah. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce. Uh, yeah, I uh, I've, I think that was that was a lot of fun. I I can't wait to talk to Jesse again, guys. It, I think this is how discourse has to go. If you, if you, it, it, people need to interject when these disagreements start. I hate the, the, the idea of the formal debate format where people sit back, they say their piece, and then the next person comes in and says their piece. I think that's crap. Intellectual discourse is the way to go. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation with Jesse. Check out my uh, Declaration of War Against Black Lives Matter, uh, thewarofideas.org. Make sure you guys sign up on that site. It's, uh, it's free. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been the uh, Penguin Podcast, as usual, and let art and science inspire. <laughs>